amigos. This is a lovely conversation with strategist extraordinaire and all-round wonderful human, Kami Toro. I really enjoyed this conversation, though listening to it back, my enthusiasm comes out in the form of me saying, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, mm-hmm, about a billion times. So I'm not going to lie. It's pretty annoying. So I'm very sorry about that. However, if you can get over that, we do chat about a few deeper topics such as dealing with negativity and how us Brits are such cynical people, evolution and how our prehistoric brains can impact our behaviour today, feeling a need to be productive and some of the upsides and some of the downsides to that and a whole load of other things. So hope you enjoy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hola, Cami. Hola. ¿Cómo estás? Muy bien, tú. <laughs> bien, bien, bien. Bien. Uh, we could do this whole podcast in Spanish. You yeah. know, I've got that in Malacca. But okay. just for the English listeners, I think we should probably go into English. <gasps> that sounds good. Fine. I can do English. What a lovely day. Yeah, it was great. Great. Sunday the 25th. Yeah, I probably should have checked the date. 26th? 26th of February 2023 yeah. will go down as a wonderful day. Yeah, definitely. Started with a very good run. Yeah. Excellent weather, perfect conditions. St. James Park, Green Park, Hyde Park. Yeah. And Co- you you went off and watched the football. I did. Tottenham. Tottenham. Who are you supporting? Tottenham Chelsea? I've, yeah, I've no idea who I was supporting. No? I was just okay. watching a game, which is nice. fun. Yeah. That's not just the political answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why have you got Tottenham shirt on? No, I'm joking. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? It was really fun. Yeah. I think the stadium, Going. To, I always like going to the stadium to watch the football. Yeah, amazing. Regardless of who's playing. I just like the energy, the vibe. Yeah. And the here in, in, in London, people are such big fans of football that it's really enjoyable. It really shocked me how well organized the event was. You know, everything yeah. worked. Everything was organised like, <laughs> generally like, I love how that's your key takeaway from the football well, great organisation yeah. guys what was the score no, no idea. idea but it was great <laughs> yeah. yeah but it does I do like watching football on the TV you get better like better following the ball and like you yeah. know in commentary but like yeah the, the energy at the stadium is quite cool yeah it's, it's nice I enjoyed it lovely stuff um, do you want to do a little bit of an intro yeah. in terms of who you are <laughs> Yeah. Where you're from. And a fun fact. Are we going to do fun facts? Okay. People Sounds hate good. that question. Yeah. But you I, look I quite... Love, you, I love it. I was going to say, you look happy about this. I love Usually it. I get evils from the person across the table. You're just like, I'm in. I'm ready I for love, this. I'm in. I'm like, <laughs> let me dig out my fun facts. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you a fun fact about football. Nice. So my name is Camila Toro. Cami as well. I am originally from Bogota, Colombia. And I've been in the UK for six years. Coming, yeah, six and a half already, which is mad. Always in London. Always in London. Nice. I've travelled around the UK because I'm just fascinated about the culture Yeah. in the UK. But um, yeah, just in London. I came to London when I was eight years old and I said... <laughs> just for clarity, yeah. that wasn't when you moved here. No, you know, I'm not no, chatting to yeah. a 14-year-old right now. <laughs> yeah, that didn't sound... <laughs> yeah. The first time I came to London, let me... Again. The first time I came to London, I was eight years old. And ever since I came, I said, I really want to live in that city. I nice. loved it. But now I'm 32. 
clarity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you. I've been here for the past six years. <laughs> so I came here to study a master's. I loved it. And I stayed, I found a job in advertising, yeah. how we met. Yeah. And I stayed, yeah. So that's, that's my, that's who I am. Quick one before the fun fact. Yeah. Uh, done a bit of traveling around the UK. What yeah. is your favorite UK city? I really like Newcastle. Nice. I like the North. Who lost the cup final today against <laughs> the mighty Manchester United. Yeah, Love it. Yeah. I really like Newcastle. I really <clears throat> like people from the North. Yeah. And Super I, friendly. I love the accent. A yeah. Geordie accent. Um, can you do one? No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, of course not. Not even going to try. But yeah, no, I can't. Can you do it? No, Absolutely not. No. Absolutely <laughs> can not. Can you try? Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I can't. I have, I do have a bit of like... I've decoded the British uh, accent a little bit. Okay. Obviously not re- not regionalized, but yeah. like in general. Okay. So I think there is um I've done um a parallel with uh there's a the coast in Colombia. Yeah. You know they have a very distinct accent as well, and I think there is a similarity in terms of people are quite lazy to pronounce yeah. certain letters. In, yeah. So, bear, bear with me. Bear with me. Because, no offense, everyone. Yeah, yeah. No, this happens in the coast of Colombia as well. Yeah. So people kind of like chop different letters. So, for example, there's a few letters in the British accent, like for example, the R. Mm. You know, like the car, mm. the door. Mm-hmm. Like you extend the vowel mm. without mentioning the that letter. Yeah. So that gives you, you know it's perfect. Yeah. Nice. You in in you Scotland, know? they because I uh, when I first moved to the UK, I went to yeah. uni in Scotland. Okay. Uh, and they almost overpronounce the R. So like that R in Howard. Yeah. I'm not going to try the accent, but it would be like Howard. Okay, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that's, uh, I mean, it's just a little bit of my observation. <laughs> yeah. might not be true. But it's whatever. a solid observation. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the, um, I don't know where, oh, the fun fact. Yes. So talking about football today, mm-hmm. the I used to play football when I was in Colombia in high school and I loved it. I really like team sports. Yeah. It gives you a sense of, yeah, you're belonging yeah, to yeah, something. Yeah. And when I came here, I said to myself, I really want to play football again. <laughs> I stopped playing in uni. I went to uni in Colombia. But then I found a girls team, a women's team. And I joined, it's called the South South London Women's Football Club. Okay. And we played in different parks in South London. Yeah. But it was really funny because when you started playing, I was like talking football in it, like Playing football in English, well, you you know, you, you have to learn a lot of sayings and different yeah, words. Yeah, Whereas I didn't know them. Like, no one teaches you that yeah. lingo. Yeah. So it was really funny because when I started playing, I didn't know how to, you know, when you're, when they're going to pass you the ball mm-hmm. and there's someone from the opposite team running to get the ball, there's a way of shouting to that person to let them know that there's someone coming. Yeah. I didn't know how to say it. But then I would go... For example, Howie, be careful. There's coming. There's someone coming to get you. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just go on to <laughs> yeah, say that this yeah. whole essay. And then I learned that you can say man on. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. I was like, be careful. Yeah. Someone's getting you. They're coming to get the ball from you. Be careful, <laughs> yeah. be careful. By that time, you're two nil down. Yeah, you're like, oh, sorry, I tried <laughs> yeah, to warn you. Exactly. Yeah, amazing. So then I learned man on. And Do you then, say man on in the women's game as yeah, well? Yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. Woman, woman on? No. God, it's 2023. Yeah, it's need to get on. with the times. And there was another few things that I learned how to yeah. play football in English, Amazing. which is 
Yeah, so I think that that could be that does that count as a fun that fact? That is a great fact. Yeah, that is a great fact. Yeah, so I, Manon, there was another few ones that I cannot remember right now, but like, yeah, you just playing football or watching football, even there's a lot of different words that you learn that if you speak Spanish, how I do, and I've never you never know them, never ever, you know. So, like, there was an I don't know if this, like, a few people have told me that this is not across all football, but sometimes you cannot call it like when they're gonna pass it. You cannot call it like mine. It's like me. You have to shout your name or something. So right. you know, I, sometimes they can. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah, if that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was another rule that I was like, "This is weird." But yeah, it's offside or like different term terminology. You have yes. to learn how to, you know, speak yes, the language like a, of the sport. At cricket, if you go for a run, mm-hmm. you've got to say yes oh, okay. to the other batter. Yeah. Because if you say like "go," yeah, it sounds a lot like. No. Ah, there you go. So it's a bit of confusion. So it was similar. We work in the communications industry. (laughs) We know the importance of being clear and concise with our comms. Um, What other uh, similarities, differences have you found between um, Colombia Colombia and the UK? So it's, I think it's an interesting one because London is a very, well, it's a cosmopolitan city. You have people from all around the world. And I do think that sometimes people are quite neutral, <clears throat> if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you don't let a lot of things from your culture shine so much because you're just in a foreign ground and everyone's kind of, like, in the same page and that. But I do think one of the things that has sh- shocked me a bit is that I do think that people here in the UK are tend to be quite negative. <laughs> so one of a big shock when I arrived was just when you ask people how they are, they mm. go, I'm not bad. And in Spanish, and I do think that's a bit of a default, you know, when people go, you okay? No, not bad. Or like, not bad, you. You know, that's kind of like a bit of a default conversation when you're passing with someone in the hallway or like you arrive to uh, the gym or to a reception. That's kind of like the the usual chat. Yeah. It's a a negative way of framing it, isn't it? Yeah. Instead, in Spanish, I think the same, the default is, I'm good. Yeah. You know, hi, hi, how are you? I'm good. Well, you. Which ironically we started this conversation exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. Hola, como estas? Bien. Bien. Yeah. So it's, I think. And that... you almost set the tone for the conversation in that, in that exactly. way with the first thing that you say. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting point. And that was a, a bit of a shocker, but like you understand that it's just part of how people, maybe people are not even aware of what they're saying. That's why mm. I say that it's a default, that it might just be like how you say it. Mm. But I think that was an an interesting one, especially, again, like I do feel I come from a country where people are very warm. Yes. And (laughs) this this is not going to sound right, but like, it's okay to touch people. (laughs) (laughs) As in like, you know, I don't know if you... Just not (laughs) (laughs) 14-year-olds. Yeah. If you meet someone, you can touch their arm or their shoulder and say, hi, how are you? And it's okay. Yeah. The times that I've done this here, sometimes people really (laughs) get like, oh my God, what's happening? Like people have no idea what I'm doing. So what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that like maybe it has to do with the weather, you know, like obviously Colombia is a very diverse, geographically is very diverse. We have, so it's geographically, it's the first country in South America from it connects South, Central America to South America. So yep. we have the both oceans. We have the Atlantic in the north, the Pacific in the west. Yeah. In the south. <laughs> so you yeah. never eat shredded yeah. wheat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah. Then in, in the south, we have a bit of the Amazon. Yeah. 
And then in the middle, we have the beginning of the Andes, which mm. are the big mountains that run all yeah. the way to Chile in the south. Yeah. So I come from a, con- well, from, from a city, Bogota, which is 2,600 meters above sea level. Yeah. It is quite cold. So when I say, oh, I'm from Colombia, people go, oh, tropical weather, the beach. And I'm like, no, yeah. it's just like London. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think that the culture as a whole is just a bit warmer. Yeah. Of people, you know, and it's, yeah, people generally ask you, how are you? I'm not saying the UK don't. Yeah. But it's just, I do think we are, yeah, people are a bit more, you know, warm. Yeah. A lot of my friends from the UK who have traveled to Colombia, <laughs> they tell me that they are always surprised in a good way and how happy people are all the time yeah. you know and that has been for me one of those things that I'm like th- there's an interesting difference here yeah and I don't know if there's a historic reason for it you know yeah. like the whole of Europe has been through a lot mm. through world wars two world wars it's been a lot for people so maybe there's something historic as well yeah but it's um yeah it's it's an it's an interesting contrast how have you found that have you found that to be difficult to adapt to? It's, I think, I mean, yes and no. Yes, I think I have the, the, the um, I can observe it and recognize it and acknowledge it and choose whether if I want to do it or not. Yeah. At the same time, I do think that because of London being such a diverse city, mm-hmm. you always find different kinds of people. So it's not just the UK. I think it mm-hmm. would be, I would be telling you a very different story if I was in the Midlands, where yeah. there's not a lot of exposure to other cultures, maybe. Yeah. So I think it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a, it's a diff, I don't know, it's tr- tricky to like explain, you know, the, yeah. the, the middle point or the middle ground. Yeah. It's an interesting one as well. What, um, one of the things that I've noticed about moving down to London specifically, because uh, I lived in Edinburgh and then Glasgow and then moved down here, is that often, and we actually, funny enough, notice this on our run today people tend to be a little bit more rude yeah do you think that ties into that negativity point and it's maybe not a fair comparison because london is so big and almost like the bigger the city mm-hmm. the less a sense of community you feel and more other people feel like a nuisance because they're yeah. just like in your way mm-hmm. so it's not a di- you know it's not a like flight yeah. comparison but is that kind of something that you felt has tied into that negativity as mm-hmm. well has that then has that had any effect on your enjoyment of the place maybe that slight negativity and yeah. rudeness of people here on average well it's it's a so I, I i was telling you earlier today as well that i read this book called watching the english which mm. i really recommend and it is, it's written by an anthropologist who has done like a full analysis of the British culture in different elements. And it's fascinating, you know, yeah. because it is, you know, she breaks it down at the pub, at work and social life. And it's really interesting to see the whole explanation of different nuances of yeah. the culture. And I think, I mean, the root, I don't like the rudeness or it being a little bit more cold. Yeah. I do think it's once you're, it's kind of like when you meet people. Once you're in, you're in. Yes. And I do think that there's, again, there's, this might be historic where people are a bit, they don't trust people as easily mm. or there might be a bit more of a distance because you never know how, you know, like it takes time to get through that, yeah. I think. So the rudeness, it's just, I do think that London feels sometimes like um, a borrowed city for me, many people. Yes. Many people come, live here for a bit and then go. They know they're yeah. not going to spend their whole life. Got it. And so it, don't almost feel the same sense of pride that exactly. they might if that's somewhere, a smaller town that exactly. they know they're going to live. 
and maybe and yeah. maybe that's what happens you know people come here they're just doing their thing and that has a ripple effect on mm. how they manage or like if you're walking in the tube no one will look at you there's no <laughs> eye contact yeah. but actually that was again i read like in a in a blog or something that there's like there's a name for it but probably my blog blogs yeah. and dogs to check there it out you go. <laughs> <laughs> promo moment yeah. Yeah. um but they that there's like in 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 the when you're in the tube like people look at you but they're really not looking at you but yeah. they are actually looking at you yeah okay but there's a lack of like that warm well then yes i don't warmth yeah it's like people looking at you being like god you look like you hate yeah. life almost yeah. as much as i do exactly. <laughs> yeah but it's interesting because it the the this blog is said about your London teaches you how to stare at people without staring at them, <laughs> but you're still very curious about them. Yeah. You know, so I think, I mean, the rudeness, I don't think it's intentional. Yeah, I just think yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the product of many different things. Elements, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it is very different to Colombia. If you ever go to Colombia, I don't know if you've been into South America or Latin no, America. I'd love to go. But I think you would love it. Yeah. But there is, um, yeah, people are just very kind. You know, and very warm, but almost I would say that goes to the other side to the point that it becomes like people pleasing a lot, mm. and that's when it's not very it's healthy genuine. either mm. because, yeah. like, you end up putting others first than you, yeah. You know, so I do think that there is an approach to British culture which is a bit more practical and pragmatic sometimes, yeah, which I think there's a lot to learn from coming from where I come from. It's interesting because I just think that most people, most of the time, all anyone's really trying to do is just make themselves happy. And I think that that manifests itself in different ways. Maybe if you're somewhere like Colombia and you have like really kind, generous, sociable people, that's more obvious. But I do think people can um, try and make themselves happy in less obvious ways. If you have someone who's like super maybe jealous and envious and spiteful mm -hmm. by them almost bringing others down mm -hmm. they're trying to almost improve their own self-worth yeah. yeah. or how they feel about themselves totally. at the expense of others so it's a momentary boost so even though it's probably a bit of a shit way of going about it they're doing that not necessarily in a spiteful way but just to try and boost their own yeah. happiness or someone if um, if they're really maybe cold or, you know, seemingly cold and reserved and a bit closed, you might think, oh, they're a bit off. Yeah. But they might be, they might have just deep trauma and they might actually be trying to protect mm -hmm. themselves and think that by being open and vulnerable, they're just opening themselves to more hurt. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's an interesting yeah. one as well because I do feel there's there's a culture element of it, a culture layer. But there's also a personality layer, mm. right? Yeah. And sometimes yes. both of those conflict in a way that you cannot really pull them aside of what is really impacting what yeah. getting access to that person or whatever yeah. it is to what you're saying. So if, if it's trauma from something that you had in your childhood yes. or something in your life, yeah. well, so that factors. can be culture, it can be your upbringing, it can be your the people who surrounded you. Mm. So it's very difficult to pinpoint what is it exactly that yeah. would make it so the more i'm here really coming from a different culture as well yeah i just realized well i'm I'm coming more to the conclusion or like not the conclusion but like a hypothesis yeah that it's so many different things that you yeah. cannot really put it to one thing if that makes sense 100 
it's loads of factors that go into it. And I think it's funny, I don't know if this um, is the same for you, but when I meet someone who's maybe rude or cold or a bit standoffish, I my natural reaction is to take that so personally mm-hmm. and be a th- and think, oh my God, that person hates me. Yeah. But when you actually realise that it's often just a reflection of how they feel, I do think it helps you mm. become a much more empathetic yeah. person. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do think the more self-awareness you have as well helps mm. you relate to that because sometimes you go, well, maybe this person is having a bad day yes. or it's not, yeah. it's less about me. Yeah, it's not me, me, me. It's exactly. Just, yeah. And I do think that that applies when, again, kind of like coming here and living here, it's has put me outside of my comfort zone in so many ways. Yeah. I work in a different language, live in a different language. I'm surrounded by new things all the time that I do think that I've, I've really have been looking inside of me, yeah. being much more self-aware, mm. doing a lot of different therapies and, you know, like process of, of really inquiring who I am to a point that having those encounters or those moments let it be at work, personal life or whatever. It's just trying to see that, yeah, like sometimes it's not just about me. It's yeah. like people yeah, yeah, yeah. are very complex universes yeah. on their own. So taking it, you know, it's, oh my God, it's me. Well, yeah. it's, I think maybe yeah. you are the problem there. Yeah. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. As in like, it's not just about you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a massive realization to come to. And I don't think unbelievably it's easy. beneficial. And I, I don't yes. think it's easy to get there. Yeah. And obviously, every time you go, oh my god, it's me. What have I done? Yeah. But sometimes it's like, well, reality check. It might not be about you. Yeah, the world doesn't always revolve around exactly. You. Yeah. Yeah, which is a tricky one. You know, it's it's. Yeah. It, I I do think it's very difficult to get outside of your own. Be able to yeah. get out of yourself and say, oh, it's not me. Yeah. It's, them or it's the both of us or whatever it is so well there we go as miserable brits have made you more self-aware so (laughs) yeah but it isn't it's an interesting point on the negativity front as well because um there's an argument to be said that actually humans tend to be our brains tend to be more negatively wired or our brains are hardwired to to focus more on the negatives than on the positives because it's a fairly um, established point of view in the evolutionary biology and evolutionary psychology yeah. world that essentially our purpose as humans and yeah. just living organisms is simply to pass on our genes. Mm-hmm. And how do we do that? Mm. Basically, one, don't die. Yeah. And two, have babies. Yeah. So how do we not die? We don't die by staying safe. How do we stay safe? You basically stay safe by being overly cautious and overly sensitive to any actual or perceived mm-hmm. threats. Mm-hmm. And obviously, therefore, that's going to be at the forefront of your mind. And if you have perceived or actual threats at the forefront of your mind, that's hardly the most positive thing to be thinking of. So a lot of negative thoughts is essentially just our safety-seeking brain trying to help us survive. Yeah, like a a survival mechanism. Exactly. You know, I I have a thought on this because I've thought a lot about memories, Mm. you know, our memory. Yeah. Obviously, it's been romanticized a lot. Like, yeah. oh, what do you remember? And like all of these things. Yeah. But if you think about it, really, your memory is a survival tool. Yeah. You know, you kind yeah. of like sometimes remember more. Obviously, I mean, I have no idea if this is... A, I have no like a professional yeah. say on this. Yeah, I'm not, we like, should caveat this whole yeah. podcast. <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah, yeah, this just, is my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. But like sometimes, obviously, you remember 
the negatives mm. more than the positives. You mm. know, sometimes, I don't know. I think I, I heard a podcast or an audiobook or a learn, read somewhere that you're more likely to, I think the people who have been to very traumatic events, yeah. like through rape, for example, mm. you are more likely to remember a very vivid, mm. th- the, the whole thing very vividly, you know, like what it smelled like, how mm. it tastes, like your mouth tasted, like mm. everything around you. And it's less likely that you're able to remember something like your wedding, for example, okay. your wedding day. And the whole reason of it is just because it's a survival mechanism tool, yeah. knowing that if you smell that same scent, you're going uh, to go into survival mode, yes. fight or flight, and you're going to go, oh my God, I need to do something to protect and survive. Yeah. So it's interesting because if you think about your memory like a survival tool, yeah. well, that's how you really start to, yeah, you know what is it that you need to do yeah. based on previous events yeah. in order to, to survive. It's so interesting. I think so much of human behavior, if not all of it, can be basically derived from those two things to A, survive and B, procreate. And the thing is, you know, Hollywood and all of these things have just made, romanticized a lot of these things of going the memory. And sometimes, I don't know if you were to ask your husband or your wife, Mm. oh, do you remember what was the song that was playing the first day we met? Mm. And then you base your whole relationship of these things that you should you should remember yeah but in reality you might just not remember because they were just it was a positive yeah you know so back to your negativity point yeah. about i do think it might be just a way of a coping of survival yeah and again yes back, back to like the two cultures i do think that europe historically speaking mm. the whole of europe is a bit more mature as a society yeah whereas latin america in general it's a newer continent it's a newer society in the western world obviously yeah. Again, this has a lot of layers to yeah, unpack yeah, and uncover. Yeah. But like there might be an element of just developing a society where negativity, as you say, comes from a primal in, in like a primal instinct and yeah. survival coping mechanisms. Yeah. So it might be that negativity, if we frame it like that, it's more of a positive than a negative. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um you're an incredibly positive person. Yeah. How do you find and deal with excessively negative people is that something you struggle with or yeah. are you just like whatever yeah it's it's an interesting one because i've always liked to think myself as a positive person 100 percent. but sometimes just like i do think life be- turns you into a bit more cynical yeah london <laughs> really. does yeah. London does. Yeah. yeah and life does really, yeah of course you know? yeah of course and even like, I don't know, a simple example, like at work, you know, you get a new project, you're super excited, but then when you go and pitch it or whatever, there's no budget to it. So mm. you're like, oh, okay. So if that happens over and over again, next time you get an exciting project, you're like, yeah. well, reality check, is this going to happen or not? Yeah. And I do think that I've been, you know, my positivity might come from being a dreamer yeah. <laughs> because I love kind of like think thinking big and like yeah. the best of any of everyone yeah and i do think like i mean i i i think that comes from my parents in a way mm. they, they're both quite positive yeah. so just yeah how i deal with negative people is a, is a tricky one because you have two options either you go i'm not gonna deal with you bye <laughs> shut mm. down completely <laughs> or you just kind of like 
I guess, yeah, you, you learn how to deal with that mm. without taking it personal based on, mm. you know, like what we were discussing. But in the, in the past few months, I've, I've had a few people, especially at work, mm. that I have been extremely negative and I've just called them out. Nice. Going, you I know, don't, don't do it. I mean, you work in this team, you're part of this yeah. company or like you just have to own what we're doing. And yes, probably wasn't the best or there was another way of doing it. We learn from it, but move on. Yeah. Because you cannot yes. stay there all the time, and and yeah. I do ha I do think that negativity has a big effect on a wider team. If you have a boss, a leader who's negative, it's gonna bring you down. Hundred percent. So it is. I mean, it's also known as uh, energy vampires. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's people who really suck everything out of you. Yeah. And I do think it's. I mean, this can open a wider conversation about setting boundaries. Yep. And limits and until where are you able to really deal with it yes. or just put your, you know, draw a line and say, sorry, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not engaging on that. It's such an interesting point because I'm someone who has, I'm someone, I try, the older I get, the more I value yeah. my time because yeah. I'm so conscious about the finite nature of it and it just goes so quickly. Totally. And I just want to try and hopefully make the most mm. of it while I can. And which is possibly a good thing mm. because it gives you a bit of a drive to do more stuff. But the problem is that you become less patient of people's yeah. shit, basically. Totally. And I just am totally conscious of potentially sometimes coming across as so unempathetic mm. when someone in my opinion mm. is being excessively negative i just yeah I can't agree. be asked for it but yeah. there's there's just a better way of mm. dealing with it because you're just going to push away too yeah. many people if that's yeah. almost your approach so there is a fine balance mm. right because you need to be empathetic and understanding but to your point there's a boundary yeah you know and you're like no 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 yeah, you've kind of moaned enough. The um, the five minute rule yeah. that you told me about yeah. earlier. Do you want to explain yeah. that because I love it? Yeah. So with my with my partner, I think he's he is fiance. Uh, fiance. Well done. Yeah. Sorry. Well done. Congratulations. Sorry. <laughs> fiance. God, well done. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done, well done. fiance. <laughs> so he's he's very. I am quite again like very. It's an interesting one because actually he's he's originally from Russia. Yeah. He's been in the UK for fifteen years. So both of all our cultures are quite interesting. Yeah. Talking about cultures, he's very practical. He's very <clears throat> rational, and I'm quite you know emotional Latin yeah. like, and he he introduced me to the five minute rule, which I personally love it. I'm I'm an overthinker yeah. naturally. And yeah. he, every time something happens when you get, we get upset about something or like we're angry, cross about something, we always say, okay, we have five minutes to moan, to let it out, to just complain, hate it. You can cry, you can shout, you can do whatever you want. But when the five minutes are over, that's your time. I love that. And you move on. Oh, that's you know? so good. And he introduced me to it and I just love it because I've, yeah, it's, it's just a bit more practical way of dealing yeah. with these things that otherwise you stay ruminating over them yeah. and that can really take your whole energy. Yeah. So if you think, he always says this as well, like if you think about the energy that you have in a day yeah. that's quantified, it's 100%. Yeah. And you can decide how you're going to spend that energy. Yeah. So let's say you spend, I don't know, 
40 percent that work yeah you know and you have remaining 60 let's say you have 24 personal things in the morning in the evening if you have kids probably that's a little bit more and it only leaves you with a bit of more that you can decide what to spend it on yeah you can either choose to ruminate on stuff or you can like five minutes done and you continue with your day you know whatever happens happened yeah you can keep on going oh i should have not like could have would have should have yeah done this or said that but it's gone so how you keep on moving forward it's your choice yes and i think it's it's been a a rule that i really really like yeah it is i highly recommend it because you don't stay there over and over again which is very easy and it's a i think it's a trap where yes our mind plays with us there's a there's a fine line between healthy venting yeah and excessive unhealthy moaning to your point where you just over ruminate and i think that five minute rule and obviously that's flexible depending on the severity of the event, obviously, totally. right? However, it allows someone to vent, yeah. but gives it a cutoff to be like, right, done. Exactly. What are we going to do about it? Yeah, depends on the event. I agree with you. You yeah. know, if it's something at work or like something that you're annoyed at or something happened with a family, friend, yeah. whatever. But it's something that, uh, yeah, it's a me- I think it's a mechanism or something that can really help you to get over certain yeah. things that might upset you more. So to give you an example, I, I, I twist my ankle quite often because yeah. I train a lot. I do a yeah. lot of running and cycling. And the last week I twisted my ankle and I was like, oh my God, I should have listened to my body. I was tired from training, yeah. should have not trained. But anyways, I had already twisted my ankle. So uh, Oleg, my, my fiance, my partner, he said to me, okay, you have five minutes to to say to yourself oh my god you should have done this could have done this you didn't so move on yeah and it was very healthy approach because i was like okay i've done it now i know what to do i had to do compression and ice and rest and that it was done yeah like five minutes own the accident that happened yeah i tripped while i was running own it take ownership of it yeah that's it deal with it now and recover yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, it sounds quite insensitive potentially, but complaining about it for twenty minutes isn't going to fix the thing. Exactly, <laughs> you know. So you can go. Oh, I should yeah. have done this, and and in the and the thing is, in the past, I this happened a few times when I was playing football. Stopped yeah. playing because it's such a contact sport yeah. that I could not deal with the injuries. Yeah, <laughs> I learned. Well, if you yeah. didn't understand when right. people were saying "man on," you were like, "What are they smash?" Yeah, right. yeah. The, the, there goes my ankle again. <laughs> yeah, again yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I would, I would go on my, I would stay annoyed at myself that I've kept on playing, that mm-hmm. I was tired, that I should have listened to my body, kept that in my mind for an hour, a day, a week. And I'm sure that your mind's so powerful that maybe my ankle would just not get, you know, we would not heal as quick as if I would go, fuck it happened. Yeah. And that's it. Just that's now, it. what do I have to do about it? <clears throat> Move on. You know, life keeps on moving on. Yeah. So if you stay there ruminating and ruminating, well, it's going to hold you back in whatever yeah. you're doing. I really like the point you make about um, you've only got a finite amount of mm. resource, mm-hmm. mental, physical, emotional per day. And if it's like a pie chart, it's 100% and yeah. you've got to essentially slice that out to the various components of your life. 
what I've actually found is an acknowledgement of that has been incredibly beneficial for my own, I suppose, mental health, well-being. Because what I find, and, and everyone's different, right? I can only yeah. speak from my own experience. But if I'm not using... That that 100% is going to fill itself somehow. Yeah. And if you don't deliberately fill it, it tends to fill itself up with the path of least resistance. Definitely. So that's scrolling on TikTok. Yeah overthinking about the finite nature of life, your yeah. mortality, yeah. and just genuinely worrying about everything. Yeah. Whereas if you commit to being busy yeah. and doing things that you find worthwhile, I actually find that the byproduct of that or the knock-on effect of that essentially gives you less time to worry and overthink and deliberate Definitely. on everything. And I think that is the benefit of being busy and committing mm-hmm. to doing mm-hmm. yeah and I do things. think and that I do think that being busy doesn't mean that you have to be productive all the time yeah which is sometimes how people might misunderstand and yes. confuse those two words yeah because you can set time aside to do a hobby yeah I don't know knitting coloring yeah. you know organizing your cupboard yeah and that can still be you're busy but in a way yeah. that you're committing that time to something that it's going to be beneficial in the long term that makes you yeah. feel present in the moment that you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. And I do think that like I see it again like with my partner a lot that he he I mean he's again quite practical and like quite he's very organized with his time yeah. and he blocks time to literally like play PlayStation. <laughs> and I'm like yeah that's, that's amazing. a 20 hour block there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like the whole weekend. Yeah. But that's amazing because he just kind of like sets himself to know how he's going to spend his energy yeah. in a way that just makes it, you know, some people might go like, oh my God, that's too, like, that's too much. I love that approach. Which is fine. But yeah. find the way that works for you yeah. in a way that you can see the output yeah. being the, the, that 100%, what's the output? Yeah. Like, how do you fill it? Because I think you make a really good point. And if, if you don't decide what you're filling it with, mm. someone else... Or something else will fill it for you. 100%. And I do think that's this whole thing about setting a boundary sometimes. Yes. You know? And also, to your point, it doesn't need to constantly be productive. And I've fallen down that productivity oh, trap. Me too. And I'm like, oh my God, if I'm not optimizing every single me second, too. I'm wasting my life. Yeah. Obviously, the inevitable output or outcome of that is that you just end up burnt out oh, yeah. and no energy and you're just generally miserable. Yeah. But having a nap and watching Netflix can be productive in terms of if it's like a recovery and it's refueling your batteries, it can be like a super beneficial thing to do. Totally. Well, I mean, there was a time like a few years ago, actually, where I I was, I'd gone down the same route of not feeling productive enough and Mm. not doing enough because I'm always freaked out of uh, the time is not enough to do what the things that I want to do in this life. And I remember I stopped watching TV because I thought it was a useless thing to yeah. do. I yeah. would not I would not be able to watch a movie. Yeah. I would only watch a documentary or something yeah. that adds, yeah. you know, like and I'm learning. Exactly. I'm developing, I'm challenging my mind. And it, it's this whole thing about play. How important play is for you, you know, and <sighs> there's a lot of like research and stuff that talks about play being very important for your creative development mm. and like there's a whole you know yeah. you can we can talk about Research it now or about it yeah because play yeah because and funnily enough on that point so um last year a lot of the books i was reading mm. 
were quite... I, I was reading them, to your point about the documentaries, I was le- le- reading them to learn or because yeah. I thought they'd be beneficial for my life. Yeah. Last year, when I was back home in Luxembourg for a week, mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, I'm going to literally just switch off and have yeah. a completely guilt-free yeah. week. And I actually picked up um, the first Harry Potter book. Yeah. And when I was a kid and a teenager, I was obsessed yeah. with the Harry Potter books. It was literally the only yeah. thing that I read. I read them so many times over. And I started reading it and loved it. Mm. And for the first time in about 15 years last year, I read all the Harry Potter books. Yeah. And it was so refreshing and almost refueling mm. to be to be reading something or doing something for the pure love of doing it. Yeah. And not because it's productive, yeah, not because totally. it's beneficial. Mm. And... It was what, I was going to say, it's one of my highlights of last year, which sounds like I've got a really sad life, which I probably kind of do. But it was one of my, it was honestly one of my favourite things. I loved it. I I had the same, you know, I stopped reading fiction. And I love fiction because I love things that trigger my imagination. I was telling you my favourite game to play in the world is people watching and making up people's stories. So you say that, look, I'm going to tell you, you go to a cafe you sit down and you just start making people's like around you up like you know like next to you can be a couple and you can go oh yeah they just got married and make up their story and i love that like exercise of imagination yeah ima- like imagining you know yeah. and i did because i wasn't the same down that same rabbit hole i suppose of being productive and only being productive yeah. i stopped reading fiction and yeah. i think during the pandemic, I got back into fiction nice. and I realized how much I enjoy it and how much allowing for those spaces gave me as well the possibility of being productive in a different way because it makes you maybe think about the problems that you have at work or in your or, or things that you're trying to solve, but with a different approach. You know, it might be that Harry Potter can give you a uh, uh, oh, a lead into thinking about <laughs> yeah. how I don't know yeah. how to solve something in a different area of your yeah. life. Well, so, I actually did use, funny enough, in one of the blogs I wrote, an Alpha Dumbledore quote. There you go. So, there we go. Yeah, exactly. But you never know where you're going to find. Yeah, inspiration that. or yeah. yeah, or like learnings yeah. or whatever you know. And I think I I had the same to the point that I was running a lot and I started to listen to audiobooks because yeah. I was like, this is great. Yeah, I'm training. But I'm yeah. also reading, you know, like yeah. like uh, killed two, two birds, birds with one stone. stone. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And and then sometimes I was like, I I did have a bit of a reality check with myself, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go for a run, and this is gonna sound like too much, like yeah, quite, but go without any music or anything, and yeah, hear what's around you, and just enjoy it. Enjoy it, and it's fine. It, I, I have to confess that I, I really struggle doing that because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well... I feel guilty about... A little bit. I literally had the same thing um, when I was training uh, to do the London Marathon. Yeah. Uh, don't know if I mentioned that, guys. Did the London Marathon a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, and I remember going out for a run, and I think it was a Friday evening, mm-hmm. and I was like, boom. And I, I think I was at a wedding that weekend, yeah. so I knew I couldn't get a long run in. So I planned, I think it was like 20, 25K mm-hmm. for Friday night, yeah. which, side note, is not a good night of the week to be yeah. running that amount. And I remember I was like, right, I'm going to go for a run, chuck an audiobook yeah. on. And I put it in, I was like, this is horrific. Yeah. And it's making a horrific run even worse. I'm like, right, get this audiobook in the bin, 
get the tunes yeah, on of course. and just and go for it. enjoy it yeah. yeah or try and enjoy it well it's yeah I, I do think that like some sports as well require you to be the more present you are yes that's the value of it sometimes 100%. and i do think we went for a run today and even running but having a chat yeah. it's very different to being productive and having to read you yeah. know the latest i don't know tim ferry's book even yeah. though i love tim ferry's yeah i love him i don't know if you know him i do oh, i've read yeah. one of his books yeah the four hour work week oh yeah tools of titans is really good as i've well. heard that's very very good yeah I, I listen to his podcast a lot while i'm running yeah nice but yeah, I, sometimes, I don't know what I was going to say, I forgot my point. But yeah, running, when we were you running today. You felt like a product, even though you weren't listening to something. Yeah, we were just yeah. having like a very interesting chat. Yeah. And we used it, we caught up, we ran for like 15 kilometers. Yeah. We had a great chat about everything. To be fair, you ran for 16. Yeah. <laughs> I only did the 13, but I'll take the credit for the full run. A little bit, like the middle, <laughs> yeah. middle, 15. Scummy, yeah. yeah. But sometimes... I, I do think that being doing those things that require you to be fully present with your body, mm. that's the productive element 100%. of it. That's the productive bit. You yeah. don't need to add more layers of complexity of trying to process something with your brain, but also exhausting your body. 100%. Your body's going through a lot. If you think about it, like 15 kilometers that's running, a it's, it's a long way. On the running front, you are training for a half uh, Ironman? Yeah, a 70.3. I absolutely love it. And it's been... What's the distance? What's the swim, bike, so it run? Is, the swim is 1.9 kilometers. Yeah, like almost two kilometers, I yeah. think it is. The ride, it's, if I'm not mistaken, I always get it wrong. It's like 80 or 90. Yeah. And the run is half a marathon. Yeah. So the whole thing in miles, which I speak kilometers, not miles, is 70.3. Ah. It's the sum of the three. Got it. Oh, interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. So just so what's that about? One hundred and ten kilometers ish. Maybe yeah. So oh, it's seven, seventy point three <laughs> <Yeah>. miles. <laughs> yeah. So I'm training. I've done a. I did a triathlon, two years ago. I did a sprint, <clears throat> and then I was like, okay, I can do this. I did a Olympic triathlon. Great. And now I've signed up with a few friends to do the seventy point three in Belgium. Fun. and we yeah it's been great i mean i've been really enjoying what it. was the what was the reason for a half iron man does it just feel like the natural evolution from a triathlon it was a why not yeah <laughs> really yeah we were all of like the friends that were doing it with how many we of were you doing it six nice we were celebrating new year's together great and one two people had signed up they were like guys let's do it we're yeah like, yeah let's do it so we yeah. all signed up so it's in yeah we still have like few months to go and train yeah. but it was just like a, I can do this and I'm gonna do it so yeah. why not and doing it together in a group I do think it makes a big difference yes you can hold each other accountable for it yeah it is more enjoyable to train with people yes. you can turn it into something social yep so again the productivity element yeah. of it, you're yeah. like okay yeah. here I'm, yeah. I'm seeing friends <laughs> yeah. but I'm also training yeah and I do think I, I really like following a structure and a plan yeah for me, it works really well, and I've been training with a with a plan that we got online through Training Peaks, which is a an app to just yeah like it gives you a lot of data and you can yeah. really follow quite I mean it's quite professional yeah. your your journey yeah but having like a very specific first of all having something to train for, I think it makes a huge difference everything rather than going because I've been I I train a lot and I do exercise for my mental health yeah. It's at, like I stopped having caffeine because 
training gives me all of the energy I need. Yes. And I love starting my day with a run, a cycle, a swim, a class, a hit training, whatever it is. Boxing, I love it all. But training for something is just uh, gives you a purpose. I, I, I was literally going to yeah. say that, and it almost sounds slightly maybe like, over-exaggerated yeah. or even cliche, it is, yeah. but it 100% does because suddenly you've got something in your life that you're working towards exactly. and it almost helps you... It's almost the filter through which you make all your other decisions totally. because in the lead-up to the event, you're going to... There's going to be like social yeah. events or whatever it is and you're like, will that or will that not help towards this Ironman. Exactly. And if it does, you'll do it. If it doesn't, you don't. Exactly. And then you maybe stop people pleasing and then you'll maybe more, a little bit more selfish in a good way with your time, which fundamentally makes you kind of happier. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't agree more. I think the the, the difficult, having an exercise goal 100% or just having any sort of project Mm -hmm. that challenges you Physically, mm-hmm. intellectually, emotionally, whatever it is, is such a beneficial thing And it to does, I mean, it, it is, sounds like a cliche, but I do think there's truth to cliches. That's why they, they are, are a cliche. Yeah. But it, it does give you a sense of purpose and the journey that you go into. I think it's interesting what you're saying about the decisions. Because at the beginning of the year, I, was, I wanted to lose a bit of weight after Christmas. That obviously, it was like a lot of booze, a lot of eating, a lot of chocolates. And I wanted to lose a bit of weight and like it came to me like a bit of a, I don't know, a sentence of, of a, like a quote or like a, words in my mind of going, it's about the, the, the decisions that you take every day. Yeah. Right? So you sit down for lunch and you can have either something a bit more healthy or like you can have pudding or, you know, it's about those micro decisions that will the, really build up the accumulation to, and the compound effect totally. of those micro decisions which again it sounds very cliche but there's a truth to it yes so i actually yeah i, I managed in in january i i did i tried to do dry jan and i say try because i had my best friends got married so i went right. to her wedding yeah and i had a few drinks there and then i had a work event and i had a few drinks there but the other days... And that was just the 4th of January. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The 2nd of January. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's yeah. kicked off dry Jan. But it was just, you know, a few days after work. Let's go to the pub. And I was like, no, actually, I want to go home. Yeah. And it was just those... I just... Also, I hate being hangover. Like, phobia of being hangover. And I, 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 I can guess why. Yeah. Because it's the anti-productivity... Yeah. So source that, that is on a hangover hundred useless so yeah. I, f- I can feel I'm underslept yeah I feel that I'm at a 99% and I don't feel at my 105% yeah. people might say I'm a bit too much but yeah, I'll, well, I'll take it <laughs> I'll each take their it. own yeah, yeah exactly so it's the, the mini like it's the decisions the micro decisions that mm. you make your daily you know it's something ridiculous like we make like 35 hundred thousand decisions a day or some sort of thing like that yeah but it's those decisions that yeah will come out and the vast majority of mine are absolutely terrible (laughs) (laughs) but it's um but it's that things that like really help you that progress and that journey to get to that goal that you've set yourself yeah and i do think that you know signing up to the iron man at the beginning i was like oh my god what am I doing? Mm. But then I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. And when I have a plan, a structure, I am religiously to it. I yeah. stick to the T 
And I just like it because yeah. as you're saying, everything else kind of like falls on the back of it. Yep. So I'm a bit more precious protecting my time. I'm a little bit more precious about my sleep, yeah. about my nutrition. And it's just amazing to take your body to do certain things that you think, oh, maybe I was, I would have not, never thought that I would be able to run a marathon, 10K, yeah. 5K, 3K, and eight, the one kilometer. A hundred percent. One of the most beneficial things about that is the same principles that it takes to train for an Ironman. You can then apply to other areas in your, exactly. of your life, whether that's work, a side hustle, mm. learning a language, some sort of creative pursuit. It's the consistency, it's the discipline, mm. it's the turning up to do whatever it is, mm. even though it's the last thing that you want to do. Yeah. It's the dealing with the setbacks, the yeah. overcoming of obstacles. And they're just good yeah. life values to have, I suppose. Totally. Right? I think I, I, had, um, I had to interview someone once for a job. And my question was, do they do, like, can, can you take me through a journey of anything that you've achieved? Mm. And I think that question that sometimes you do get it like in, you know, interviews or whatever, yeah. it, it is, that's exactly what you just, just described. Yeah. Is being able to stick to something. Yeah. Overcoming adversity, going through the, the, the grind of doing it every day. And I think that does tell you a lot of people. And I think that is a structure that I really appreciate that my, maybe my parents like helped me to achieve when I was growing up. Yeah. And I think discipline is one of the, yeah, one of the skills. I don't know if it's skills, a quality, a value. A... I think it's a skill because I think you can, de you can develop it. But I do think discipline is the one thing for me that really... Above all. Above all, yeah. It's funny that you mention that because I remember when I was applying for grad roles after uni, mm. it took me about nine months mm -hmm. to get my first job. Mm. And in hindsight, I know why. I was just unbelievably unemployable. Yeah. Um, I was relatively switched on, but I was just fucking arrogant and lazy. Really? Yeah, so bad. I remember getting asked the question, what is your proudest achievement yeah. in life? And I really struggled to answer it. Really struggled mm. to answer it. Um, and I thought it was something that would I would be able to answer quite quickly. Mm. But I realised when I was... and it, And the tempting thing is to just dismiss it as a stupid yeah. question and get on yeah. with your life. But it was something that just stuck in my head. I'm like, what the hell can I answer that? And I just realised it's because I hated doing difficult things and going out of my comfort zone. Exactly. And they're always going to be the things that you're most proud of, right? That you need totally. to show all of the skills that we discussed. Totally. And at the time, I lived such a sheltered, cushy life, mm. which almost just fostered this laziness. Mm. So I was late, oh, relatively late in relation to my current age, in terms of really finding the value of mm -hmm. working hard and discipline. But it's been a game changer yeah. from my point of view, just in terms of, to be honest, how I feel about myself yeah. and therefore how I feel about the rest of yeah. the world. Right? Which I think there's two things. One, like from what you just said, it's it's a bit a uh, double-edged sword to compare yourself to other people as well, to go like for my age, I should be doing this, oh, yeah. but that's like your journey. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm so bad. And I think the, yeah, going out of your comfort zone is again, a cliche, but mm. if it's a cliche, it's a truth. Yeah. And for me living here has been really, really challenging because I work in the community, in communications. Yeah. I speak, I 
speak in a different language. Yeah. Which sometimes I do think it's a blessing and a curse mm. because I am able to simply oversimplify things, yeah. not get into the fancy language, big words, yeah. especially in a in a world like advertising where we just fap over fucking shy we're, jargon. Yeah, we're jargon guilty of a lot of these terminology that you're like yeah. you can say it in three words. Yeah. You literally what you yeah. just said. You can just yeah. say it in three words. And but at the same time obviously it's constantly challenging me. You know, if yeah. I if I was to write an email in Spanish, mm. it will take me two minutes. Yeah. Write it, send. In English, I have to reread it, move it around. But I do think that that kind of like is constantly pushing. Yeah, my, every, day. Every, every day. Every day, every day, you know. I have a massive amount of respect and admiration for people who work mm-hmm. in their second language. Yeah. It's unbelievably, <laughs> yeah, no, massive Take credit. It. It's unbelievably yeah. uh, impressive. But it, it is, for me, has been a big challenge. And I'm always like, the pe- my colleagues, I often tell them, please correct me if you find, if I say something that doesn't add up. Because yeah. that's how I'm learning all the time. Yeah. And to learn, it's quite, you, you have to be quite humble, you yeah. know, to go, oh, yeah, I don't know this. Yes. And I do think that people do lose that quality of wanting yes. to learn more. And the fact that I, I, yeah, it's just constantly kind of like challenging me to, yeah. to, to strive for more it's, like, it's one of the hardest things when you get competence at something mm. is to not become yeah. complacent or just keep challenging yourself in whatever totally areas of life well you know is. i think my my biggest fear yeah that i realized that a few weeks ago is being complacent really and staying in being comfortable with something it's a very healthy fear to have yeah i imagine yeah why I do you think, think it's so. a fear because I don't want to be... I, I want to... Like, you know the results of complacency. Yeah. Yeah. And I would never want to be the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That You just said you know. it. Like, that's, that's it. I don't want to be... I want to be challenged all the time. Yeah. it's That's something I've learned as well. Just going back to what I was saying in yeah. terms of the lifestyle that I lived, mm. especially in my 20s, I guess, and the inevitable result mm. of complacency and not pushing yourself and testing yourself mm. is you just live this life of stagnation lethargicness yeah, lethargy yeah, that's yeah. the one and then just feeling of meh and indifference and you don't have much drive yeah, exactly. or motivation and you're like what the fuck is the point of this you know like i would never want to be described as like yeah she's okay yeah <laughs> you know like yeah. do, do you know how <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's okay. It's yeah, like people aren't usually that kind about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. 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 <laughs> if that's a positive thing. Yeah. Um You're more than okay. Um yeah. we we've been going almost an hour. Yeah. Unbelievable. Almost yeah. as long as I'll run. Today. Yeah, definitely. Another fifteen K. Um should we let to wrap it up? Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Good, um, good chat. I mean, we could keep on going. We could keep going. I know. Yeah. Lots, um, lots of chat about. Yeah. Any closing remarks? Yeah, I mean, thank you for having me. This my pleasure. I, I love this. Yeah. I could do this every week. <laughs> Thanks but for bringing super... so much needed intellect to my podcast. <laughs> no, I just, I, I just really enjoy having these conversations, yeah. especially when, when you connect so well with, you know, we, we yeah. met each other and we really connected and like we're interested in so many similar but different things and yes. just having these conversation is very yeah yeah no I, I, I love it to have conversations that really challenge you but not thank yeah, you very much and I take you completely out of your agree. comfort zone um, yeah. as I said at the beginning unbelievable day yeah thank you very much thank you for, for coming that. along going on a run and yeah. 
thank you all for listening. Thank you. Cheers and bye.